0: Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Over the years, the residents of the White House have been pretty regular people. They eat dinner at home. They laugh and argue. They talk about redecorating and whether that paint color is really white or one of the fifteen variations of eggshell. And they share their lives with cats, dogs, guinea pigs, and all sorts of other household pets, just like you and me, except for the alligators. Of all the presidential pets throughout all of the presidential administrations, ever since John Adams, the second U.S. president, first pulled his horse-drawn U-Haul up to the newly built palace in 1800, alligators might be the strangest. And that's saying something. It's true, though, or true-ish. According to the Presidential Pet Museum, the story goes that John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son and the sixth U.S. president from 1825 to 1829, housed an alligator in the unfinished East Room of what was then called the president's house. President Theodore Roosevelt officially gave the White House its current name in 1901. The alligator in question, whose name seems to have been lost to time, was a gift from the French military officer Marquis de Lafayette, who fought with the U.S. against the British in the American Revolution and was an old Adams family friend. John Quincy kept his gator in a bathtub, so the story goes, and enjoyed scaring guests by springing the big fella on them. The alligator allegedly lived for some time in the presidential digs, where he ostensibly grew both in stature and as a bit of Washington lore the whole idea of a reptile in the people's house would have been unique, too. But then, a century later, Alan Henry Hoover, son of Herbert Hoover, President No. 31 from 1929 to 1933, showed up with his two gators, allegedly. These gators supposedly were allowed to roam the White House grounds, which, as the folks at the Presidential Pet Museum also point out, probably kept King Tut on his toes, King Tut being President Hoover's German shepherd. Those two gators, names also lost to time, were the last known Kamians to reside, allegedly, in the White House. There's no verifiable documentary evidence to back either of these stories up. But even if the alligators in the White House tales are to be discounted, the presidential digs still have housed more than a few non-traditional pets through the years. There were definitely a couple of bear cubs, Thomas Jefferson, President Number Three, from 1801 to 1809, received a pair of grizzly bear cubs as a gift from an explorer of the American West. They were an instant hit because many Americans had never seen such animals before. The bears lived in an enclosure on the lawn of the president's house before being moved to Philadelphia. And then there was a raccoon. First Lady Grace Coolidge, wife of Calvin Number Thirty, 1923 to 1929, kept a raccoon named Rebecca at the White House. The story goes that Rebecca was going to end up on the White House table for Thanksgiving, but they fell in love with her. She wore a gold-plated inscribed collar and became a beloved family pet. Then there was Theodore Roosevelt, president number 26 from 1901 to 1909, who had a veritable zoo's worth of animals. Snakes, hens, a one-legged rooster, a hyena, a small bear named Jonathan Edwards— The most famous, though, was probably Josiah, a badger who was often carried around the White House grounds by young Archie Roosevelt. Woodrow Wilson, number 28 from 1913 to 1921, kept a flock of sheep and let as many as 48 of them graze on the South Lawn as a show of support for the troops during World War I. The sheep were shorn and their wool sold for wartime causes. There were possibly opossums— the story goes that Benjamin Harrison, at number 23 from 1889 to 1893, had two pet opossums at the White House. It's difficult to confirm, as is the answer to why the two alleged marsupials were named Mr. Reciprocity and Mr. Protection. However, President Hoover did definitely preside over a ceremony on White House grounds involving an opossum and a local high school sports team. Of course, the pet most recognized as a presidential sidekick, at least for modern-day presidents, is the loyal canine. The most famous may have been Fala, who was so close to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, number 32 from 1933 to 1945, that the little Scottish Terrier attended his funeral and is forever memorialized at the FDR Museum in Washington. Though there were many other presidential best friends. Warren G. Harding gave his dog, Laddie Boy, a hand-carved chair to sit in during meetings. Lyndon Johnson sung with Yuki in the Oval Office. Liberty hung out with Gerald Ford, Lucky with Ronald Reagan, and Millie with George H.W. Bush. And and Sonny kept Barack Obama and his family company. Sadly, one of the most famous presidential pooches never made it to the White House. Richard Nixon mentioned his dog, Checkers, in a 1952 speech that later became known as the Checkers speech, and it was credited with helping save Nixon's political career. But checkers would pass away before Nixon took office in 1969. Today's episode was written by John Donovan and produced by Tyler Klang. A Brain Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other pet topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.